Thanks for tuning in to this message. My name is Jared Piney. I'm the online pastor here at Pathway, and I'm here with one of our worship directors and online hosts, Maddie Seitz. We hope this message is a valuable resource to you and helps you grow deeper in your faith. If you consider yourself a Christian and this message blesses you, I hope you'd consider giving back to us at Pathway so we can continue connecting all people to Jesus and helping them become his fully devoted followers. Learn more at pathwaychurch.com forward slash giving. And if you decide to take a step in your faith after the message today, simply visit pathwaychurch.com forward slash next so we can help provide you with resources and partner with you in this journey. Welcome Pathway family at all of our locations, those of you who are watching online to this first week of our brand new series, Chasing Purpose. And this is going to be an awesome series. You're going to love all that we are going to unpack over the next four weeks. Because whether you realize it or not, purpose is what drives everything you and I do. Purpose is what our souls really deeply long for. It's what gives us meaning. It's what gives us direction. And it's what gives us value in life. And when a person discovers their purpose, they discover really who they are, why they're here, and the value that they bring to this world. And as a result, when that happens, they are filled with optimism, even when things are dark. They, they act as light even in the midst of challenges, and they persevere even in the most difficult of circumstances. You see, when a person discovers their, their purpose, they discover the most powerful of all human experiences. They discover why they are created by God. And that, my friends, is my heart and my hope over these next four weeks, that every person will discover their purpose for which God has really created them. Now, as we launch into this series today, I want to let you know that really over 50% of what you're going to take away from this experience, uh, you'll get inside of a home team or a small group. So to maximize really the next four weeks, I really want to encourage you to get into a home team. Uh, maybe it's a large group home team experience at, at one of our locations. Uh, maybe it's getting in our online group. Or, or maybe it's getting connected to someone who's an existing group. But I really want to encourage you to take that step and to get in a home team. Because I know for me personally, being in that smaller group of people really helps me take what I'm actually learning and then put it into practice. Now, as I was thinking about uh, our series today and getting started, 
Uh, believe it or not, I, I was thinking about eating. I mean, I don't know what it is, but eating tends to dominate quite a bit of my thinking. <laughs> In fact, I, I usually eat out so much uh, during the week that I almost kind of like map out where, where I'm going to go eat, whether I'm going to eat Mexican or I'm going to eat Chinese or I'm going to eat American, whether I'm going to eat a salad, whether I'm going to have ribs, whether uh, I'm going to go eat a burger. It, it's horrible. I mean, it's almost kind of like an eat fest every week. But what I found over time in my passion for food is that in the end it doesn't really satisfy. I mean, I love food, but at its best it just satisfies me for a few moments and then it's gone and then I'm already kind of thinking about what I'm going to eat next. And actually I've seen this kind of phenomena in other areas of my life as well. I can remember when I was younger, I had a lot of ideas about what would really satisfy my soul. Uh, for example, when I was a young man, I thought sex would satisfy the longings of my soul. And so I found my smoking hot wife. Uh, I got married. We have six kids. So sex is great. <laughs> but it didn't satisfy really my soul. And then I thought if I just had the right job and I, and I was successful, that that would satisfy my soul. And then that kind of began to happen in my life. And that didn't satisfy. And then I thought it was just having the right house in the right neighborhood. And if I had all, kind of all the pieces together, that that would satisfy my soul. And then that happened. And it still didn't satisfy. You see, all that time my heart was chasing after things, hoping that if I attained them, if I could just orchestrate my life in such a way if I attain them that that would really satisfy my soul. But after I attained them, whatever my soul was longing for in that moment that I thought I had, if I could just orchestrate my life and have those things, after I attained them, it always fell short. So I want to ask you, have you ever felt that way? That whatever that you chased after whether it was a relationship, whether it was a job, whether it was some kind of goal in your life, that after you achieved that thing, though it was good for a moment, in the end, it really didn't satisfy. It really didn't satisfy the longings of your soul. And so you found yourself chasing then, after you got to that point, you found yourself chasing after something else. Well, the reality is, our hearts, it seems like they're always chasing after something and we get frustrated and we get overwhelmed because we just keep trying harder. We keep thinking harder, moving faster. But in the end, after we do all that work, it doesn't feel like that we really get there. We really find what we're looking for. We know that we need something. But, but the problem is, I think we think it's in some way it's material. That if we could just orchestrate our, our lives in such a way, in a material kind of way, that we'd find it. But reality is our souls are really longing for spiritual purposes. Spiritual purposes, spiritual purpose that God has created us for. You know, Mark Twain once said, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. You see, the question a purpose has plagued humanity for centuries. I mean, philosophers have talked about it. Theologians have written about it. Uh, poets have pondered it. I mean, Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, Confucius, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, they've all weighed in on it. 
It's an incredibly important question for all of us to be able to answer. But I believe the person who actually spoke with the greatest clarity about it and the greatest truth about it was Jesus. And so I'm going to dig in today a little bit to God's Word, obviously, and really see what He has to say about purpose and how it works in our lives. So I'm going to take you today to Romans chapter 8, and I want to start off with a familiar verse, verse 28. Look with me at what it says there. It says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Those that God predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. There's a whole kind of bunch of, almost got theological sounding words there. But the word I want to kind of focus on as we start out is the word called. The scripture says here that we have been called by God. I mean, so what what does that mean? Well, the Greek word here is the word kaleo. Uh, The word kaleo means God is calling you. It's used about a hundred times in in the New Testament. Uh, Most of the time it's talking about your assignment in life, your your purpose in life, uh, your mission in life. It's referring to why God made you or the reason that you exist. And your calling is, is much more than your career. In our kind of modern culture, we've kind of watered it down to just kind of like our jobs. But your calling is, is far, far more significant than that. It's far more encompassing than just your career. So the first thing I want you to take note of, of as we dig into purpose today is what it says at the end of verse 28. It says there, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So first, your purpose isn't for you. It's God's purpose. He called you to his purpose. You see, God's plan and purpose begin really immediately after uh, Adam and Eve sinned back in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sinned, and they broke that relationship that existed between God and man. So God made a plan, a purpose to be able to restore that relationship. And the first step of God's plan was to create a nation, the nation of Israel, that started through a man named Abraham. And God promised this nation their own land, the promised land. And through the nation of Israel, the character and the nature of God was to be seen and understood for the whole world. That was the purpose of the nation of Israel. Then ultimately, the Messiah, Jesus, came through the nation of Israel. And Jesus' mission when he came to this earth, (coughs) was to be able to defeat Satan, rescue mankind, and restore that relationship, that broken relationship that existed between God and man. And before Jesus left this earth, he devised a search and rescue operation to complete his mission. And that search and rescue operation is you, and it's me, and it's us corporately together as his church. So God has an incredible purpose for your life. And it's living as a light for him and being a part then of his search and rescue operation in this world to complete his purpose and his mission. And I would say as I've been kind of sitting in that and kind of trying to to apply that and think about that in some new and different ways, I've really just tried to kind of lean into it and say, God, what's that What's that look like in, in, a, in a unique and a different way maybe than, than how I've tried to navigate what it looks like to be able to be a Christ follower? 
Well, the greatest example of that, I think, is I tried to live really about God's purpose and not my own, it is my wife, Chris, uh, it's been interesting, you maybe heard me kind of share a little bit about this, but she's actually started this house flipping business in the last couple of years. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird, crazy, amazing thing. I mean, she does it all. And I mean, I've bought more, you know, nail guns, table saws, and tools over the last couple of years than I have in my whole life. <laughs> but as many of you know, I'm not really very good at construction at all. In fact, I'm a whole lot better at destruction. <laughs> and so what I've been doing, as I've been kind of helping out my wife, is I kind of, uh, I like to meet a lot of people. And I, I try to take opportunities when I'm over to help her at the house, maybe uh, take opportunities to meet neighbors or some contractors and, and kind of engage them in a conversation, develop uh, a new friendships. Because even though it's a business, there's a bigger purpose that's going on, and it's his purpose and not our own. It's not Chris and I's kind of purpose, it's his purpose. And my favorite story of kind of how that's played itself out over the last year is I was over at one of the houses that she was flipping in, and I was using a chainsaw to cut down a couple trees, and believe it or not, it didn't land on the house. It's all good. But I was clearing some debris away from the side yard of this house, and there was a neighbor who was standing out on his front porch and he was smoking a cigarette. And so I thought I'd be friendly and I'd say hi. So I said, hey, how's it going? And when I did, I, I mean, this guy looked over at me and gruffly responded, not very well, you guys woke me up with all that noise. <laughs> well, I was kind of taken aback for a moment. But I remembered my mission. I remembered my purpose. And so I walked over there and I introduced myself. And I have to tell you, I didn't necessarily kind of want to go over there. I mean, it wasn't just kind of like, woohoo, because this guy seemed really unhappy and he looked kind of rough. <laughs> but I walked over and I introduced myself and I asked him if he was originally from Wichita. And he said yes. Then I asked him, well, what part of town did you grow up in? And he said, well, the northwest part of town. Well, that just opened up just this huge conversation. And we ended up having several common friends and common experiences. And then I told him I was a pastor over at Pathway. And then it kind of launched into another 30-minute kind of segment of this conversation where he told me that he was in the middle of a crisis pregnancy situation, that he had a drinking problem, and that he was struggling to be able to find a job. And I just had that a great, really spiritual opportunity in those moments to walk alongside this man, just to talk about life and to be able to talk about Jesus. And, and then almost every time after that, when I would go over to this house, he would come over to the back fence and we would just have this similar kind of walk alongside conversation. But like I said, at first, I didn't want to go. I mean, it looked scary. It looked uncomfortable. But in the end, as I joined God in his mission and in his purpose for my life, it was awesome. But it was about focusing on God's purpose and plan and not on my own. And my own plan and my own agenda, but it was about saying, God, my mission, my purpose here on this earth is up here. It's what you're doing through the centuries, through the millennia of time, and now my opportunity is to be able to engage you in whatever that I'm doing now, whether I'm at work at the church or I'm out with my wife cutting down trees on the side of the house, I have an opportunity to engage you in your mission. You see, that's what it's all about. So that's really the first step, understanding it is not about your purpose, it's about his purpose. 
Well, second observation about this passage I want you to see is in verse 30. It says there that those God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So second, God's purpose is predetermined. The scripture says here that he predestined you, he called you. That God's purpose is predetermined. It can't be stopped. It cannot be stopped. And, and to me, that's just such good news because I know that you're not too much unlike me and you come, up, come in today and you feel maybe just a little bit bruised and beat up. Maybe because of something that's happened this week. Maybe it's because of something that's happened in your life. Maybe somebody in your life has been unfaithful to you. Maybe you've had somebody walk out on you. Maybe you've had somebody molest you or betray you or reject you. Or, or maybe even a church has hurt you. And, and you feel like you're broken, that there's, you're, you're, you're screwed up now. You're screwed up now. And you're broken. There's nothing can fix this thing that's kind of happened to you. You're never going to be the same. But I want to let you know that that didn't change one bit God's call and his purpose on your life. It hasn't changed. You are still God's workmanship, still God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to be able to do his good works. His purpose for you, it's predetermined. It can't be stopped. It cannot be stopped. For others of you today, it's not what's happened to you. It's what you've done. So, so many times we think that our sins and our mistakes can stop the purpose of God, but it can't stop the purpose of God. It cannot stop it. It doesn't matter how many times that you have messed up in your life. It doesn't matter how many bad decisions that you've made, you can't change or alter God's purpose for your life. And we know this because of what it says in Scripture. We know this is true because we can see it in the Apostle Paul's life. You know, during the early days of the Apostle Paul's life, he was a, like a religious terrorist. He, he was going around dragging Christian people out of their homes. He, he was uh, throwing them into jail and then having them killed. But God said to Paul, your mistakes and your sins of your past, they don't change. They can't alter the call that I have on your life. I have a plan for your life that even includes the broken parts of your life. And God went on to use Paul not only to carry the good news of the gospel to the entire Roman world, but he also used Paul to write in nearly a third of the New Testament. You see, the mistakes of Paul's past didn't disqualify him for ministry. God is so powerful, he used them to qualify Paul for the mission and for the purpose that he had for him. You see, one of the things I love about God is that he's so incredibly efficient. He never wastes anything in our life. He never wastes anything. He never wastes the, the, the mistakes. He never wastes the things that bad happen to us. He never wastes any, even, even the good things that we're doing or happen to us. Everything in our life, God has a plan for. And, and it includes everything. So today, that means if you're a person, a young person maybe in particular, nobody can break up with you today and change the purpose of God. Maybe that's what's going on. That means if you're an older person today, that means nobody that can fire you or divorce you to change God's purpose in your life. He is working in the things you did wrong. He is working in the things you did right. The activity, let me remind you and tell you again, it cannot be stopped today. In fact, God is so powerful, if you follow him, he will take the greatest tragedies in your life and he, you, he will use them for the greatest seeds of, of victories in your life. 
And it's because that's God's purpose. That's God's purpose. That is his purpose. It always prevails because it is predetermined. It cannot be stopped. And we can take great hope in that today. His purpose, it's up here. And it keeps moving. And, and, and it can't be stopped. And when it's in our lives, it can't be stopped. It always prevails. Well, the last thing I want you to notice about purpose is found in verses 31 and 32. Look what it says there. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So finally, God gives you power to accomplish his purpose. When he is for you, who can be against you? He gave up his one and only son so that we'll have everything that we need to be able to accomplish his purpose. If God has given you an assignment in this life, let me tell you, he is going to give you everything you need to accomplish it. He's going to equip you and he's going to empower you to be able to do it. But I have to tell you, I've got a little bit of bad news. From my own experience, it doesn't always feel that way. It doesn't always feel that way. I know in my own journey of trying to live out God's purpose and his calling in my life, I feel weak and inadequate many times. I can't tell you the number of times that I've preached, I've led a meeting, I've tried to move something forward where I felt like I wasn't good enough, where I felt like I was always coming up shorter, I felt like somebody else could have done a better job than I did. But I can tell you, I can tell you, even though that I've struggled with that probably almost my entire life, but I can tell you, and what I can tell you is that I've seen God be faithful every time to give me what I need or to bring the people around me and alongside me to do all that God, me, God has for me to do. You know, I love what Jesus said to the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul felt weak and when he felt inadequate. Jesus said to the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, God's power to accomplish his purpose is made perfect in you and, and I in our weaknesses. It's not in our strength. I think we all want to kind of feel powerful and strong all the time, but so many times I think God is so powerful, he's the greatest, his greatest power in the middle of our weakness. You know, it reminds me of the story of a guy named Nick Vajusic, and Nick was born without hands, without arms, without legs, and it was over, really overwhelming for him, obviously, to be born in that way and to live with that kind of massive disability in his life. But one day, God said to Nick, Nick, I shaped you in your mother's womb for a particular purpose, for a particular calling. And, and, and that particular calling was something that Nick would never have imagined. And a lot of people would look at Nick and say, a guy with no arms and no legs, what kind of calling, what kind of calling or purpose would God have on this guy's life? Well, Nick was faithful, and he read God's word, and he heard God's voice, and so he obeyed. And now Nick's probably made a greater impact on this world and on God's kingdom than all of us uh, put together. He's inspired countless people to overcome the challenges that they are facing in this life. And God has used him to draw thousands of people to faith in Jesus Christ. 
So you see, God had a purpose for Nick Vajusic's life, and it couldn't be stopped. It couldn't be stopped by a massive disability. In fact, it wasn't stopped. It was actually empowered. It was empowered by his disability. It was empowered by his weakness. And I want to let you know the same is true for you and me. So I want to let you know today, don't get paralyzed in your weaknesses. And don't strive any longer to chase your purpose. He's already laid it out for you. He's already given you everything you need to be able to walk into it. So today, as we launch in this series, really, to discover our purpose, we know now that we have everything that we need. We know that that God's purpose is predetermined. It can't be stopped. It can't be stopped in our lives. And we know that it's not about our purpose. It's not just something about us. It's about His purpose and living for His purpose. So since we know it's not about us, it's about his purpose, a first easy step for us this week is to invite someone else to go on this journey with us. We all have people in our lives who are looking for their purpose and inviting them to go on this journey as a part of discovering their purpose in a deeper way is really going to help us as well. And to help us keep Uh, Every week, embracing God's purpose in our lives, we're going to be creating some I will statements together. Because embracing God's purpose in our lives is cemented in our obedience to God's word and our commitment to be able to take action. And we're going to be talking about this not only in our weekend services, but we're also going to be talking about it in our home teams as well. But this week, I want you to fill in this sentence. I will invite, and then the person's name, to join me to discover their purpose. I will invite, then that person's name, to join me to discover their purpose. I mean, this could mean inviting someone to come to your home team. It could mean inviting someone uh, to come to a weekend service or inviting someone to coffee and to share with them a little bit about God's purpose. So invite someone to discover for the first time, or maybe in a deeper way, the purpose that God has for him. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're walking alongside someone. This is what it means, and you've heard us talk about this before, we're going to keep talking about when everyone walks with someone. And as all of us do that together, as we live out our I will statements, I believe that God is going to do some earth-shaking things. That, 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 that people are going to come to know Christ, that Christ followers are going to be able to make some life-altering decisions, and God is going to be seen kind of in and through us in some powerful ways. And every week, as we go on this journey together, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what God did as we put those I will statements into practice. Because I promise you, as you and I, together, we take steps of obedience together And sometimes we're just not doing that where we're just very concretely taking a step of obedience. As we take those steps of obedience together, it has a powerful rippling effect. But no today. But today, the real question is, how are you going to fill in this blank? Who are you going to invite to join you in discovering their purpose? And no, as we do that together, as we this week put that I will statement into practice, 
man, God's going to do amazing things. He's going to do crazy, amazing things as we take simple steps of obedience. That's how the kingdom of God works. He's going to do something unexpected, I promise you, as we do that individually and corporately together. So I just want us to kind of commit this journey that we're going on with God uh, together, together in prayer. And so what I want to do right now is I want to invite everyone at all of our locations, those of you who are watching online, just to bow your heads, close your eyes with me, and I just want to spend some time talking to God. And as we begin to pray right now, God, I just pray that you just would stir up in our hearts today. God, just a passion, a passion to be able to embrace your purpose, the purpose for which we were created. And God, I, I pray that we would just sense your Holy Spirit, and we would sense the power of your Holy Spirit, and that we would take steps of obedience as we do that. And God, that, uh, Lord, we would know as we go that you will give us everything that we need. And so right now, uh, if you're ready to go on this journey and embrace God's purpose for your life in a deeper way and invite someone to go along with you, I want you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands right now if you're watching online, but lift up your hands right now if you want to embrace God's purpose in your life and you want to be able to help others to be able to do the same. Lift up your hands. Praise God, I want to embrace God's purpose in my life in a deeper way, and I want to help other people to do the same. Lift up your hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Me too. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father in heaven, we just come before you right now, and we just commit ourselves, God. We commit ourselves to be able to embrace your purpose and embrace it in a deeper way. And God, to be able to, to take others and to help others along the way to be able to embrace their purpose. Lord, thank you so much that you have given us everything that we need in Christ. And thank you so much that your purpose, your purpose cannot be stopped. We love you, God. And we just look forward to what you're going to do in our lives and through our church. Now, as we continue to pray right now, I know that there are others of you who have never really, uh, for the very first time, uh, taken that step to be able to make Jesus Christ uh, the leader, the savior of your life. And I know maybe as you're here, you got stuff going on in your life, maybe you feel a little bit empty. Maybe you feel a little bit alone or you're hurting. But maybe, but maybe for the first time, you're realizing that maybe you've been living out of sync with God's purpose, living out of sync with God's purpose for your life. But I want to let you know that there's good news. And the good news is that God sent his son Jesus so that you could be filled with his Holy Spirit and you could embrace the purpose that he has for you. That's what he's done. And so the first step of you being filled with God's Spirit and embracing God's purpose for your life is to be able to make Jesus Christ the leader, the Savior of your life. And so today, as we're here together and we're starting out this journey, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity to make Jesus your leader and your Savior. And I just want to invite you. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Pray this prayer with me right now. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for living out of sync with the purpose that you have created me. 
But today, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you and make you the leader and the savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for my sins. And now use my life, Jesus, to go and offer your hope and your purpose to other people. Now, with everybody's head still bowed right now and eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, and you made Jesus Christ the leader and the Savior of your life, man, I just want you to lift up your hand real high right now. Lift up your hand real high right now to be able to say to God that you are all in so that I can pray you. Praise the Lord, I see that hand back there. Praise God. Praise God. Lift up your hand real high. Say to God that you're all in today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift up your hand real high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much today for my friends, my brothers and sisters who surrendered to you, who became a part of your family, God. Thank you so much for the purpose that you have for them. Good works planned out in advance for them to do. God, go before them and use them in powerful ways. Lord, thank you so much that you are so good. We love you, God. And we just pray all these things right now in Jesus' name. Amen.